Welcome to the Business of Beverages, Drinks Industry Insights with Makers, Marketeers and Mischief. Hello and welcome to the Business of Beverages podcast quiz episode, where every two weeks myself and Will P. Keating take each other on in a battle of beverage wit and skill. Will, how's it going? Great. I'm uh, I'm thinking you're half right in relation to weight anyway. <laughs> well, I'm impressed you think we actually have skill. Uh, well, I, it's more that I think you're a half wit. Hey, nice. And that's it. That's exactly <laughs> why people tune in. <laughs> Oh, I doubt it. All right. Well, look, hopefully listeners are aware of how this works, where we each bring a beverage in our minds and give each other clues to figure out who can get there first, with the clues getting easier as we go along. So, Will, would you like to ask the questions or would you like to answer the questions first? I'm going to answer first this week. Okay. Uh, I've got confidence in you on this one. All right. So I've had I've had two bad results now in the last couple of weeks. So I I, I need to turn this around. This is the one that'll turn it around for you. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good for you. All right. So, Will, for five points, uh, this brand was first introduced as a tribute uh, to King George VI for his 1939 royal tour. Oh, wow. King George VI. So I'm presuming this is King George VI of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not some Moldovan King George. It's, no. Uh, yeah. Well, you see, I love annoying people. You know, when they say, "Oh, the Queen died," and I, I recently, and I, I was say, "Oh, which Queen?" <laughs> they would just look at me as if I had seven heads. I'm like, you know, there are lots of them, so it's a legitimate there question. Are quite a few. Yep. Okay, so King George the Sixth. So interestingly, he would have been obviously touring somewhere in the Commonwealth. 1939, not a good year for touring places, I would assume. <laughs> um, well, well, not, well, not not the latter part of the year. Um, no, no, certainly from September onwards, I'd say he, he was uh, homebound pretty much. Uh, okay, I'm going to have a wild guess and say, I wonder where he was touring. Um, I'm going to say McEwen's 80 shillings um, on the basis that he was touring Scotland. Oh, well, I can't argue with that kind of logic. It, it's wrong, but it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> 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 I, I like the steps you, taught, you took to get there. Um, but, but um, yeah, for four points, I, I, McEwen's 80 shilling, uh, I, I doubt this will make sense to them. But uh, yeah. this brand has been exported since 1964, but all of the ingredients are still sourced from its home country, including 750,000 gallons of naturally filtered lake water annually. Oh, my God. Somewhere with the lake, obviously, which doesn't narrow it down <laughs> much. Okay, let, let's give you have to drip feed that one to me again. So it's still okay. it's exported since 1964. Yes. So and it's still produced in its home country. Yeah. Using all ingredients sourced in its home country. And the big figure to take out of it is that they use 750,000 gallons of water annually, which is all sourced uh, naturally filtered lake water. Oh, right. Your confidence in me proving misplaced so far. Um, but you've gone somewhere exotic. I'm trying to think of... Um, okay, um, I'm not going to get it on this. I'm going to pass. Okay. Next one might, might give you a hand. Uh, the other ingredients, rye, corn, and barley, 
are the other key ingredients. And when it was originally sold in the US, it was actually sold under a different name, but was hastily forced to change it due to not fulfilling the TTB regulations on labeling. A lot of breadcrumbs there. Okay. So is it Crown Royal? It is Crown Royal. <gasps> which which was initially sold in the US as Crown Royal Bourbon Mash. But oh. it is not a bourbon because it is, well, according to the TTB, it is not a bourbon because it is not produced in the United States. Yes, of course. Well, they would say that, uh, wouldn't they? Of course they would. Uh, yeah. So uh, for two for two points, it is currently the official whiskey of the NFL. Uh, although previously it has a long association with equestrian sponsorships, possibly due to that initial royal uh, link up. And then for one point, it is very easily recognised on a shelf due to its distinctive uh, royal purple velvet bag. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I have to say the lake water thing. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. It, I didn't realise it uses lake water. Obviously, as some kind of no, do you know what? It was, it, was more, it was more the amount of lake water that they use I thought would be the clue for you. There, that's a lot of water to use per annum. So I thought that might lead you to, well, it's got to be a big brand. You give me, you give me too much credit. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, uh, well, look, I, yeah. it, it's, it's an acquired taste is the way I would put it. That's a, I don't think there's anything too wrong with it. It's the number one selling Canadian whiskey in the U.S., does it still have a green apple variant? It, it does. It's it's also got a peach. It's got a honey. There's quite a few different variants of it. And it now comes in a can as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first ever whiskey in a can was an Irish whiskey. Two stacks, wasn't it? Two stacks. Drab in yep. a can. Yep, which is a fantastic little product. Yeah. So huge amount of time for the lads up there um, and latterly in, in Cologne as well. Uh, but yeah, well, well done. Crown Royal, it was. Just about got it on three. So... Let's see how we go for you. Um, right, for five points, Foxy. Yes. Uh, founded in 1846, this cult drink brand is still owned by the same family who presented it at the first ever World's Fair in London in 1851. Uh, family owned, heritage brand. Mm. I am going to go with something wild like Jägermeister. Incorrect. Hmm. Incorrect. So, for four points, this drink has a Brazilian sibling after a family member emigrated to Brazil in 1933 and started making a local version using Amazonian herbs. Oh. uh, Okay, I presume the Brazilian version is the, I I can't pronounce it, the Cachaca? Cachaca? Cachaca. Um, no, it's it, it's it's not. I think the the key element in that clue is the herbs. Herbs. Um. Let me see. What year did it start up in Brazil? Uh, the original was founded in 1846, mm. and then the Brazilian version came around in 1933. Ah, so before the big German immigration to Brazil. <laughs> yeah, um, I was thinking that as well. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness! Uh, is it? No, it's it's not. But I'm, I'm going to guess sambuca because I don't know what the answer is. No, it, it's not sambuca. Playing on the herbal element for three points. Due to its herbal recipe and purported medicinal properties, this drink is classified 
as a food by the Food and Drug Administration in the USA and can legally be sold anywhere, regardless of its 44% ABV. Wow. Um, well, that's wild. It is wild. I had no idea until I looked this up. That, it's, it's crazy. It's sold as a food. At 44% ABV. Yeah, 44% ABV. Now, <laughs> when you know the drink, you, you, can, you can see why that, that loophole hasn't been exploited mm. too much. But it can still be found in grocery stores and particularly at the till in various different shops. Um, no, I'm, I'm really struggling with this. Uh, yeah, I, you may you may not know this. It, it has been mentioned. I know it's been mentioned on the podcast and on the quiz before. But we've never had it as a as a drink. Uh, no, I'm I'm, I'm struggling. Uh, is is it is it? I don't know. Apple brandy? No, it it's not. Um, <clears throat> so this famous brand comes predominantly in twenty mil bottles which are wrapped in brown paper emblazoned with its Germanic name, uh, a package which was introduced in 1949 and remains iconic. I'm struggling with this. Uh, oh, um, uh, is it, uh, is it no, 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 it's not. Rumplemints is schnapps of like, is it, it is. blackberry schnapps liqueur or something? Uh, it could be mint, I, I, but I mint, do remember. Yeah, seeing, I do remember seeing little bottles of it beside tills in supermarkets. Yeah, no, it's not Rumplemints, which was a favourite of uh, of a colleague of yours back in the day. We, we won't mention on air, um, <laughs> but what we we can say is, though, for for one point, uh, this German digestif is sometimes confused with its Australian sound alike rum brand. Which is obviously Bundaberg. Yes. So I, you, you just don't know this, I'm afraid. No, I, I, I don't. Yeah. So it's not Bundaberg, the Australian rum brand. It is, in fact, Underberg, the Germanic herbal bitters. I'm not familiar with that at all. This is the whole point of the quiz, Will. If you don't get the questions right, it's still educational. <laughs> edutainment as somebody once said foxy um yeah so underberg i have mentioned it before because it, it was mentioned in one of the quizzes one of the early quizzes uh as a kind of perfect drink to mm. to mention but yeah it, it's fantastic it's phenomenal you, you see they look like kind of large bullets they're little 20 mil glass bottles wrapped in brown paper with underberg written across the side of them not dissimilar to the Angus Jura bitters, except the grey, uh, the, the brown paper extends all the way up beyond the neck of the bottle and gets wrapped. And sometimes you will see them when they do promotions as being sort of lined up in, in a belt like uh, like bullets across a, a, a bandolier or something like that, you know? Fantastic. Um, um, yeah. I can't believe we didn't know that. That's, uh, well, I've got to go find some now. You should look it up. Uh, it, it's a phenomenal drink. It's not a sipper. It's meant to be drunk as a digestif all in one go, straight after your meal. And th there's some wild uh, claims about its uh, medicinal benefits and how it aids your digestion and promotes the secretion of your gastric juices. <laughs> of course, uh, as, as they usually do. Well, right. That's, uh, 
that that's been an exceptional quiz. I, I have learned many, many things. Mostly that there's a product called Underberg, and uh, I should really go and research it. So, Will, thanks for playing. Um, I'll buy a bottle next time I see one. I'll buy a couple, because apparently you can fit them on an armor-type belt around your... Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, good luck. All right, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Business of Beverages. It's been our pleasure to bring you this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and recommend us to one other friend or colleague. As ever, we are independently produced and self-funded, so we appreciate your support in listening, sharing, or reviewing this podcast. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter, where we go by at bizbevpod. If you'd like to support us further, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash bizbevpod. Uh, we're no. getting too professional. <laughs> yeah, an accusation that has never been leveled at us before. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>